Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest. But first, we want to give a shout out to our partners, We Coach and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. These are two great organizations you really need to be a part of. We Coach and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. Now let's hear from our sponsors. We want to say thanks to Final Forms, the industry leader in registration forms, but that's so much more than that. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility. They've got reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come when you have an athlete in the house. Final Forms can also help your coaches with things like attendance and communication. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help you with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. We also want to say thanks to SnapRaise. Go to snapraise.com and check out their fundraising platform. Uh, our coaches use SnapRaise for years, and it was just fantastic. Um, it was easy for them to use. Our parents uh, liked it. I liked it as an AD. And what's more important, it worked. Uh, there's no upfront cost. Um, there's no inventory. There's no selling. And like I said, it really works. Go to snapraise.com check out the thousands and thousands of dollars that they've helped schools just like yours raise using snap raise okay. um, the uh, platform also has an option that allows you to get your funds before you've even raised them so go to snapraise.com change your fundraising game plan and start a fundraiser that works for you that's snapraise.com We also want to say thank you to Gipper. Go to Gipper.com and see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. Go to Gipper.com, tell them you heard about it on the podcast, and use the podcast code ADPOD10, that's ADPOD10, and get 10% off. That's Gipper.com. Start creating custom branded content for your school's social media channel. That's gipper.com. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and check out their indoor scoring tables and video boards. They not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action, or email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com to see exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online They'll show you how to scan the attendees that come to your games and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. 
Go to hometownticketing.com and they'll also show you how to set up and sell tickets for things like school dances, um, theater performances, music concerts, even graduation. That's hometownticketing.com. Simple and easy online ticketing. We want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and see why Huddle is how the world sees sports. Over 200,000 teams across 40 sports use Huddle to help their athletes play better using video and analytics. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. But as an athletic director, our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just love the mobile apps, the smart cameras. Of course, they love the analytics, but there's so much more. Go to huddle.com and see how your school can become a Huddle school. Uh, they have uh, all the tools that your department needs to help take your athletes to the next level. We believe in sports and teams believe in huddle. Go to huddle.com to get started today. We want to say thanks to athletic surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the athletic director toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. At my school, we use surveys for everything, for teachers, for coaches, for kids, and for parents. And the information that came back on these surveys was almost always over-the-top positive, and it'll be the same for you too. But the surveys also allowed that squeaky wheel parent to vent a little, and sometimes they'd share a small issue that you could address and keep it from turning into a big issue because you didn't know about it because you didn't do a survey. Go to athleticsurveys.com or email them at info at athleticsurveys.com and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. That's athleticsurveys.com. And we also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They've got a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles and an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments and go to vitalsignswalloffame.com or you can email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your record boards or your Hall of Fame, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Rob Welts. Rob is the athletic director at St. Mary's School in Raleigh, North Carolina. North Carolina is one of our favorite states, uh, and we're excited to have you on the show. So, Rob, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks, Jake, for having me, and I look forward to this conversation over the next hour or so. Well, we've had this scheduled for a while, so uh, I'm excited to hear what's going on up in your state. For our listeners, we are recording this on September 27th, so uh, I hope the weather is good where you're at here in Florida. We're kind of on hurricane watch, uh, so by the time you listen to this, you're going to know if uh, my house blew away or not. So, uh, Rob, let's go and get started. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests, so Give us that uh, three-minute bio, uh, where you were born, where you grew up. Maybe take us up 
through the college years and then we'll take a break. And when we come back, uh, we'll get into your early career. So uh, what's the Rob Welts uh, origin story? Yeah. So uh, I grew up in, uh, in Bellows Falls, Vermont. My parents grew up in New York City in Flushing and Queens. And uh, when my oldest brother was about a year, they decided they didn't want to raise a family in the city. And they, my dad was in real estate and we uh, moved up to Vermont. And so I'm the youngest of three boys. Uh, so I was, uh, I got a lot of hand-me-downs, if you will, and learned how to navigate life. Um, God bless my parents. So uh but yeah, great childhood growing up, um, or involved in a lot of sports. Both my brothers were, were also involved in sports and uh, my parents were always, uh, always involved, always supportive, but let it be our experience. And I always appreciated that. Um, and then had incredible coaches growing up, both through the elementary little league experience, all the way up through uh, varsity sports when I did uh, varsity basketball and tennis. Um, and sort of fell in love with basketball uh, at a young age, about, I'd say, nine or ten, where I would dribble up to the playground constantly and play against the older older uh, players to get experience and uh, really learned how to navigate um, not just basketball, but navigate life as well. And so, uh, you know, throughout my high school career, um, had, like I said, incredible coaches. Uh, my head coach was a principal uh, at an elementary school in the area. And uh, to this day, we are extremely cl close. Um, I consider him a second father to me. Um, and so he's one that I, I constantly go to over the years for support or just touching base. Um, and uh, that's, been, that's been a great experience. And so I, 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 got, I really got excited. I went to the uh, University of Vermont for my undergrad and uh, was, did a little bit of business administration and then an athletic training and then switched all the way over to physical education and really wanted to um, sort of get in that career path that um, I fell in love with, with, with my experience growing up and also with the coaches I had. And so I uh, did, did my undergrad at the University of Vermont. Um, my junior and senior year, I was uh, a resident assistant for the University of Vermont. So I uh, was on dorm, but I also was coaching at a local high school as a varsity assistant coach uh, for two years um, with uh, Dave LaPointe, who is a icon up in the Burlington, Vermont area. Uh, he actually played at University of Vermont and his dad's uh, dad was the baseball coach there. Uh, and so we um, he really helped me sort of launch from that student athlete into seeing things from a different perspective, from a coaching and adult perspective. Uh, and then. Um, Dave and uh, Bill Murphy, who was my high school basketball coach, really helped me um, get into my graduate assistant uh, role at Springfield College, birthplace of basketball. And I worked for Mike Thule in there uh, for two years. That's originally what my my first goal was, is to, to be a college basketball coach. And so I was on the road scouting and recruiting, taking a full course load, and then uh, realized that, that's, that that may not be the path I wanted to. I didn't see the passion um, of working with young people in that middle school and high school age. So got my master's at Springfield College in sports uh, management administration. And then um, after graduating from my master's, uh, went back home, back to uh, the Vermont area for about a year and uh, did, a, did a physical education role and coaching at different, um, at different um, schools 
in both uh, basketball and track and field. And then got my first AD job uh, in Georgia uh, at the age of 26. Uh, so made that move down to the South. And um, that's sort of where, you know, that's sort of my upbringing and sort of up through my college college experience. And uh, uh, it was a, I'm glad I did undergrad to college right away. I'm not sure. Um, I, I was counseled to do that because taking a break, I'm not sure if I would have ever went back to that. However, now I'm in my third year of a doctorate program in educational administration at UNCW. Um, and so lifelong learner is a big part of this. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I re back to my own days, you know, when I finished my undergrad, uh, I was very glad to have it done. I just wanted to start coaching and I knew if I wanted to coach, I had to teach. And so it took me a while to get back into uh you know, getting my master's and, and ended up getting my doctorate too. So, uh, but I, I'm right there with you. For our listeners, uh, our guest today is Rob Welts. He's the athletic director at St. Mary's in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're going to hear more about that, but let's take our first break. Uh, please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Huddle for their support of the podcast. Go to huddle.com and see why Huddle is how the world sees sports. Over 200,000 teams across 40 different sports use Huddle to help their athletes play better. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but as an athletic director, our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just love the smart cameras, the mobile apps. Uh, of course, they love the analytics, but there's so much more. Go to Huddle.com and check out how they can help your athletes, your teams perform better. At Huddle, we believe in sports, and teams believe in Huddle. Over 6 million users can't be wrong. Go to Huddle.com and find out how your school can become a Huddle school. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Rob Welts from the St. Mary's School in Raleigh, North Carolina. Rob, you mentioned uh, your experience at Springfield College, and I some of our listeners might not understand the importance of that. Uh, Springfield, I, I think, is looked upon as the, the cradle, the birthplace of PE and, and, and coaching. Can you think of uh, uh, an experience uh, from your Springfield days that really sticks out and stays with you now as an experienced teacher and administrator? Yeah, Jake, that's a great question. Um, again, I go back to uh, not just uh, – um, you know, Mike Thulin, who was the basketball coach at the time, um, but also some of my, um, Naomi Graves was the women's coach at the time, and she was my uh, dissertation chair, uh, and a lot of other adults and uh, instructors at the school that just wrapped their arms around you and wanted to make you not just a better educator, but a better person. And I think as Springfield College, for those people that don't know about it, it is, it is one of the top uh, institutions uh, preparing um, young adults for that teaching and coaching um, profession, and uh, those relationships have lasted uh, with me throughout uh, throughout my career. and uh, And I constantly go back for reunions and um, are able to connect uh, with those people both at the University of Vermont and for Springfield College. and uh, that's one of the big things for me is to stay connected and networked um, because you can always be learning things and uh, sharing stories with uh, with each other, um, you know, sort of helps 
this sorority and fraternity together uh, in terms of connecting uh, relationships. And uh, that's really important. Oh, absolutely. You know, networking, you just can't uh, overemphasize the importance of that. Um, let's go and talk about the career, obviously some teaching and coaching, and you mentioned becoming an AD. Uh, let's talk about that experience. Uh, I like to call it, uh, you know, that point where you come to the other side of the desk, uh, take us through some of those early years as an AD. Yeah, that's a great, uh, you know, great lead in. Um, so I, uh, my first athletic director job, uh, was also the basketball coach at a small school, um, in Dunwoody, Georgia, was there for two years. It was a half day, half boarding school. Uh, and it really got to cut my teeth in terms of being innovative, um, looking at the importance of the coaching and teaching role as we were looking at hiring uh, prospective uh, faculty members. And uh, then working with the Booster Club to, to sort of uh, enhance some of our facilities, uh, specifically a weight room at the time that, that was really needed. Uh, to really grow our program. And then after two years, um, took on a, uh, an interim role at a school that was uh, a pre-K through 12 school. Uh, it was a uh, Holy Innocence Episcopal school, uh, went, through up, went through eighth grade. Um, and then the high school was about eight years old uh, in uh, 2000 when I took over as interim AD. And I left a permanent role uh, knowing that I wanted to have a larger environment and wanted to get involved in, um, you know, that middle and high school age, uh, uh, and that, that, that community feel. And so I took that risk. Um, and I told that the head at the time, I just want to be in the mix for the permanent role, uh, in the year. And, uh, luckily through a lot of hard work and, uh, continuing doing, um, you know, rolling up my sleeves as a young educator, uh, I leaned on a lot of other ADs throughout the area um, that really helped in terms of making sure that we were proactive in terms of looking at our handbooks, looking at our policies, looking at what it means to be a teacher and coach. Uh, and so, you know, not having really that years of experience under my belt, uh, I really learned and I've learned this from, you know, from a young age to lean on those that know more than you do so that you can try to get that knowledge uh, from them. And, uh, you know, we all, we all in the AD and coaching world share ideas and stories and uh, um, those help, you know, as you relate to your specific school, things that can work well and then things that, you know, probably wouldn't be a good fit in, in, uh, in your school or institution. And so for me, um, I really invested in my coaching staff. And uh, one of the things I wanted them to know is that, uh, I cared about them as people that I understood that, um, you know, we work long hours uh, and uh, we want to make sure that they're feeling supported, but that we're giving them the tools and resources and being proactive about, you know, parent meetings and stuff like that, that really puts them in a situation where they can be successful and sort of setting, um, I guess, I, I guess, boundaries and guardrails in terms of best practices, in terms of how to run a program. Um, how to lean on your assistant coaches, uh, how to how to get parent input that can be really helpful, but be driven in the right way. And uh, I think a lot of that comes through that athletic association or that booster club that you have is, you know, parents want to be engaged and excited about their children's experience. 
We don't want them on the sideline necessarily, but we want them in our community and we feel like that's extremely important. And I wanted our coaches to know that uh, our parents are stakeholders of a company, but they're not decision makers. And for me, um, I've always told coaches um, and I've always gone to our administration uh, to fight for additional resources or looking at pay. Um, and, and, you know, coaches don't go into this to retire as a coach uh, from a financial standpoint, but from a coaching supplement, uh, one of the things I really worked hard at throughout my years is making sure that we kept increasing um, cost and, and uh, supplements for our coaches so that they had an opportunity to feel valued. And even, you know, maybe a little bit, you know, a couple percentages here or there, but it, it was sort of like a teacher that you felt valued after a year and you felt like there was worth. And so for me, um, that relationship was extremely important. And also knowing um, as an administrator, uh, I'm going to partner with them. Uh, I don't ever want them to have surprises. And I ask the same in return. And so for me, that 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 commonality of uh, of respect and integrity was a really really important for me as, as we move through the younger years. And even I'm in my 24th year now as an athletic director and that those, um, those skills and traits still hold true today. Um, I don't think I've adjusted much of my philosophy over the last 24 years. I think it's about people and I think it's about investing in people and, and making sure that um, you're putting people and coaches in the right situation to be successful, whether it mean promotion within the school or sometimes they get opportunities outside of the school. And I always tell them, I'll be your biggest cheerleader. Just, uh, I want you to grow, but let's do it in a respectful way and a professional way. And the relationships will, will be maintained for years to come. Yeah, boy, you, you covered a lot of ground there. All really good points. The uh, one really jumped out at me talking about parents, you know, they're stakeholders, but they're not decision makers. Uh, I think I'm going to add that to one of my parent presentations. Good stuff. For our listeners uh, today, our guest is Rob Welts. He's the athletic director at the St. Mary's School in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're going to take another quick break, but we'll be back with some more. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. And they're going to show you how to set up and sell tickets to your athletic events online digitally. They'll also show you how to scan the attendees that come to your games and collect your revenue. That's certainly important. And every step of the way, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. That's hands-on support every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. They'll also show you how to set up and sell tickets to things like school dances, uh, drama performances, uh, music concerts, even graduation. Go to hometownticketing.com and start selling your tickets digitally. That's hometownticketing.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Rob Welts. He's the athletic director at St. Mary's in Raleigh, North Carolina. Rob, uh, we always like to let our uh, guests have a chance to give uh, some of their mentors a shout out. Uh, none of us get to where we're at on our own. So who are some of the people that have helped you along the way? Yeah, the, the list is very, uh, very long. Uh, I mentioned a few of them earlier in uh, the previous segment. Um, Bill Murphy, who is my was my head uh, varsity basketball coach and 
really mentor and second father to me, I think would be the number one um, mentor that I had outside of my parents. My parents were incredible role models and, uh, you know, they, they were the ones in the stands always cheering on, but never, never in the car saying, you know, I wish you would have done this, or I wish the coach would have done this. My dad and mom would always say, did you have fun? And that always resonated with me. And uh, that's one of the things I think um, about Bill Murphy, my, my head coach, who, who really, basketball was a passion of his. And I, I learned that passion through um, going and helping at, a, at the high school age, going and scouting other teams and spending time with him and learning about his profession and what things he did when he was my age. And, uh, you know, that mentoring and role model was really big and probably the single most uh, important person in my life outside of my, my parents. Um, this, I think from an athletic administration standpoint, um, two people uh, come to mind as uh, um, seasoned athletic directors that really took me under their wings when I was a I was a young athletic director, a little wet behind the ears and a little green. Um, Tommy Marshall, who uh, was the uh, athletic director at Marist School in Atlanta, um, who retired a couple of years ago and is now uh, working um, with uh, the private school association within Georgia to help elevate their program. But Tommy, um, I was about to embark on uh, adding football at a school that didn't have it. And we were losing a lot of uh, student athletes at the younger ages. And um, we were losing them from an academic standpoint. We were losing them from a multi-sport athlete. And then obviously they weren't going to graduate from Holy Innocence. So capital campaign money wasn't really going to be there. And so we did a one-year feasibility study on football and deciding whether this was going to be the um, the right path to take. And we we went across all over the place to interview uh, athletic directors, athletic programs, uh, head of schools. Uh, and so we had a feasibility committee um, that really went to all of those places. And Tommy was very influ uh, influential and instrumental in uh, providing some background data in terms of the impact that football has if done right. And that was the biggest thing when we went to the board of trustees, we said, if we're gonna do football, just like the rest of our sports, we, we gotta do it well, or it might be worse than not having it at all. Um, and so we embarked on that and Tommy was, Tommy was available for a lot of phone calls over the, the, the next several years as we hired our head coach um, from one of his staff, uh, who was an assistant coach, Ryan Livesey, and then um, built it from middle school up. And uh, we, from that point, I call it a rising tide raises all ships. Our whole athletic program grew because our kids stayed at our school. And uh, by doing that, our academics stayed solid. Um, our baseball team won a state title, uh, their only state title in the history of uh, Holy Innocence to this day, due to seven kids that didn't leave our school but stayed and played baseball for us and then capital campaign money was huge for us in terms of growing growing athletic facilities building a new middle school etc so from that standpoint tommy marshall was a, a great um a great role model and mentor for me and then john east who um was right down the street at the lovett school um for a lot of my early years when i was at holy innocence and uh you know John encouraged me, uh, and, and Tommy did as well, but John a lot encouraged me to get into um, 
the state association uh, to work uh, within um, the Georgia High School Association, and then also looking at the LTC classes through the NIAAA. Um, and so I, I, I followed uh, their lead uh, because I wanted to become better in my craft. And uh, in a lot of ways, I wanted them to make proud, be proud of the, the impact that they had in, on a young educator's life. Um, because I think having those role models and having those networks are extremely important. We all know as athletic directors, there can be some lonely nights and there's some long days. And I think leaning on those, um, those people that are in that same profession, they can, they can assist and help, uh, you do the, uh, help you do that. And for me, um, they're still good role models for me. And then it's my opportunity to lean on to um, the young educators um, you know, growing up. And, and so from, from my standpoint, uh, I spent nine years due to Tommy and, and John East, nine years on the executive committee of the Georgia High School Association. And so that was a public private school association. And so being you know, one or one of two private school reps was, was tough at times, but at the same time, um, we had a voice down there. And I think that was extremely important as we, as we helped um, grow the sports within the state of Georgia. Um, and the, you know, I think the last thing from a mentorship standpoint is, um, you know, as a young, as a, as a person growing up in New England, football is not as big as it is in the South. And uh, I remember speaking at the board level and, and uh, one of the quotes from one of our feasibility committees was, um, you know, football's sometimes a second religion in the South. And I, and I, mentioned to the board, I sometimes wonder what the first one is then, because football can really be uh, driven from um, a lot of emotion, school spirit, et cetera. And one of the things I wanted, I wanted that, but I also wanted our athletic program holistically to be successful. I didn't want a, um, I didn't want one sport to overpower another. I really wanted for the, and again, it goes back to the stakeholders of the parents. I really wanted every sport to have value and have, you know, have their needs being met. And for that, for that sport, and I don't use minor and major sports, for that sport, that's major to that child and that family. And, and our resources should mirror that. And so for us, you know, as we hired a football staff uh, of 10 over the um, first three to four years, eight or nine of those coached a second sport. And so I think that helped bring balance and consistency to our athletic program. And so that was one of the big things that, that John uh, East and Tommy Marshall um, helped me see the larger picture outside of just football. Yeah. Um, getting coaches on board that can coach more than one sport. Uh, obviously that's going to help support that multi-sport uh, um, philosophy, which uh, as a longtime private school ad myself uh certainly embrace that uh for our listeners our guest again is rob welts he's the athletic director at saint mary's in raleigh north carolina we're going to hear a little bit about that program in a moment but we're going to take another quick break please stay with us this is the educational ad podcast we want to say thanks to our good friends at vital signs wall of fame.com you know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school's Hall of Fame or your team's record boards for all the sports, for all the events, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. They've got a variety of interactive 
touchscreen video consoles, and an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments and go to vitalsignswalloffame.com or email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com to get started. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for their school social media channels. You can do it on any device in seconds and you don't need any design experience. It's so easy, even I can do it. Go to gipper.com, use the podcast code ADPOD10 and get 10% off. That's gipper.com. Start creating custom branded content for your school's social media channel. Hey, welcome back everyone to the Educational AD Podcast. Rob, one of the things we like to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So I'm going to put you on the spot. What are some things that you and your teams, your coaches do at St. Mary's, or maybe you've done at another school that you're particularly proud of? Uh, do you have any best practices you can share? Yeah, that's a great question. I have a couple. Um, one uh, for me, we call it VC uh, squared. We uh, V is for vision. Uh, C is for communication, and then the other C is uh, consistency. And so VC squared from our coaching staff, and I've used this at some other schools that I've been at, is, you know, we want to be forward thinkers. We want to be uh, collaborators amongst ourselves. And I think sometimes our, you know, we, we look at state associations and national conferences in terms of coaches and athletic directors. But there's a lot of great knowledge within your, uh, within the doors of your school. And so, we, um, for a lot of times, you know, once a week, um, we would have a 715 uh, just gathering for no particular reason, just those that were, um, that were at school already. We just have general conversations, no real topics, but sort of camaraderie and, um, um, you know, school spiritship, if you will. And so for me, that's one of the big things from a, from a coaching and athletic director standpoint. Um, and we, we, we do that near a weight room where our, a lot of our kids are working out in their early morning time. And so they see the collaboration of our coaches. And I think that helps in terms of how we build uh, build school culture, if you will. Uh, I think the second best practice uh, that I've learned over the years is to include our student athletes in interviewing processes amongst uh, teacher coaches that are coming into our, into our school. Um, and I use them as feedback uh, participants where um, they may be part of our athletic council, which is made up of 10th through 12th graders from a variety of sports, or they may, we may be bringing in a coach, a lacrosse coach for say, and we might have six to eight uh, student athletes coming in and uh, we're not asking, uh, we're not giving them questions to ask. It's an open dialogue and uh, it gives the coaches an opportunity to ask open and honest questions about the program about the school and about sort of what the students want and the student want student athletes want out of that. And so I, we've gotten some really good feedback about that. I think as they're involved in the process, again, similar to parents, their stakeholders are not decision makers, but they feel valued that their, their opinions and their, um, their feedback matters. And I think as we hire those coaches, they're more apt to put forth more effort to say, okay, 
I'm now more part of this because I was part of who we were choosing as a coach, if you will. And so I think those are the two things that really jump out to me um, in a day where um, multi-sport athletes are becoming less and less than they were 10, 15 years ago. I think somewhat because of specialization of sports, some might be overlapping of seasons. Um, and so it, it depends from state to state, but I would say the VC square and the, um, the uh, athletic council and getting our student athletes to participate in those, um, those interviews is, is really something that um, gets them connected and, and, our mission at St. Mary's is to prepare students for college and life. And that life is a big part of what athletics is about. And so I think getting them to advocate for themselves and getting them to be part of that process, those are things they're going to be doing um, when they, when they get, uh, get into their working life. Yeah, I, I love those ideas. I really love the idea of, you know, having the coaches involved, um, you know, to a degree, you know, with the hiring process, uh, you know, to help reinforce those foundational principles of, uh, you know, multi-sport athletics. Very cool. Um, how many of your coaches uh, right now um, are on campus coaches? They're either teaching or working on campus. Uh, do you have a percentage you can throw out? I do. And it's a lot less than I want as an athletic director. Um, and so, and I think we've seen a trend over the, the last several years is, um, we have a lot more off-campus coaches than we do on campus. And that, um, you know, I think in a lot of ways hurts, to be honest with you, because they don't, they don't get to see the student athletes from eight to three, which they don't know how they're doing, whether they did well in a test, whether they're struggling with something. Um, and so one of the things we try to do is to, even if it's not the head coach, to make sure there's a coach in the program on campus so that that consistency in communication um, can be passed on to, you know, the playing field uh, after school. And for me, and, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners and a lot of other ADs have talked about co-curricular versus extracurricular. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it's the other half of education. It is, it's no different than teaching. It just happens to be at a different time of day on a different part of campus. And uh, those life lessons and those practice preparations is no different than uh, preparing for that math test. You're there for three days, getting ready to take that test is no different than um, being ready to go for practice uh, before that big event that's going on. And so uh, the short answer is I would like to see more, uh, you know, teacher coach model at our school, uh, but it is a challenge. Um, I think it's a challenge. I think the schools are also looking at having other staff on campus that that might coach that may not have uh, um, come on to school um, with that initially um, that initial idea. And so for me, um, you know, that's one of the big things, I think, from a national trend standpoint, um, trying to figure out how we can engage uh, in that teacher coach model. Um, and I, I don't know if it's pay. I don't think it's pay. I think it's I think it's time availability and um, there's a lot of other factors that, that might, uh, that might go into it. But, uh, I think, I think in high school athletics, I think it's really crucial to have that teacher coach model. No, absolutely. Uh, and I think the research supports that, um, you know, one of the components of making that possible is, uh, and I'm not talking about any particular school right now uh, is having that administrative support and philosophy that values 
the athletic experience. You know, as you mentioned, you know, no other program in the entire school, with the exception of academics, no other program has as many kids in it as the sports program. So, you know, let's get people there that are going to help uh, bring something to the life of the school. I know I'm preaching to the choir here. For our uh, listeners, uh, our guest today is Rob Welts. He's the athletic director at St. Mary's School in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're going to take another quick break. I know that's a shock, but please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to the good folks at Snap Raise. Go to snapraise.com and see how their fundraising platform can raise you and your school thousands and thousands of dollars. A better fundraiser makes for a better athletic program. And Snap Raise allows you to get away from the fundraising headaches of the past. There's no selling, there's no inventory, there's no upfront cost. In fact, Snap Raise has a program where you can get your funds before you actually start fundraising. Our coaches use Snap Raise in my school, and it was just fantastic. As an athletic director, I knew what was going on, but I didn't have to be involved. It's easy, it's safe, and like I said, it works. Go to snapraise.com and check out the thousands and thousands of dollars that they have helped schools just like yours raise using Snap Raise. Change your fundraising game plan. Start a fundraiser that works for you. Go to snapraise.com to get started. Welcome back to the Educational AD Podcast. Rob, we were talking during the break about sportsmanship and uh, certainly a, a very important aspect of any athletic department. What are some things that you do at your school to help promote sportsmanship? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, uh, Jake. And uh, sportsmanship is key, I think, uh, for a lot of schools throughout the country. And uh, I think for us, it's about being proactive, about um, showing our community what the expectations are uh, and being proactive about that. And then uh, making sure that our student athletes and coaches understand the value of that and how we best represent the school. And I think we talked in a previous segment about, um, you know, outside of academics, we have the largest population in the school. Uh, and so as we're, but we're also the only ones that are going and being public playing at other schools in the area and throughout the state and even throughout other states. And so how you represent your yourself, your team, um, your community, uh, when you get off that bus, uh, when you get into that playing arena, and then at the end of the game, how you handle yourself. And I think a lot of that sportsmanship can be driven by that connection between coaches emphasizing that um, through, you know, through the understanding of the guidelines of our school. And then also, you know, coaches are with our student athletes a lot, right? But parents are probably with their, their sons and daughters a lot more than they are with their coaches. And so we constantly preach to our parents to be great role models for our community. And for me, um, again, that's the partnership standpoint. And I think, uh, if they know, uh, and, and I think every school has situations where we have to address sportsmanship. And I like to do that individually. Uh, at a previous school, we used to have lollipops and I would go up to uh, you know, a parent that might've been a little bit over rambunctious and give him a lollipop. And uh, he would just laugh at me because he knew, he knew as I was coming down what was about to happen. But, but, but having those conversations and not, you know, not, calling somebody out in public, I think 
we wouldn't want that as administrators or even humans. And so for us, uh, I like to handle those things individually. And then other parents uh, will sort of police themselves, if you will, and say, hey, that's not how we act at the school. And so I think that's a cultural thing that, that takes a long time to get to. Um, but from a sportsmanship standpoint, I, I, I think that's an, um, that's an awesome thing when you see other students and other coaches and parents really emphasizing what is being um, said. So it's not just the words, but it's the action. Uh, and then another thing that we, we do that, um, that I've done at previous schools and, and currently do at St. Mary's is, you know, we recognize during our senior nights, we call out the visiting team seniors and for the girls, we'll give them a, a rose or a flower just to recognize them for their hard work for their community. And uh, that's been a huge hit in the areas. Uh, we have actually have a couple of schools that, uh, and a couple of parents that have reached out to me and said, boy, thanks for making that experience for my daughter uh, special because we were, we were expecting to, you know, listen to your, you know, six seniors that were graduating. And so for that, um, that goes a long ways. And I think from a reputation of your school, you, you know, that, that helps in terms of sportsmanship and some of these other ADs are starting to follow suit and, and also uh, recognize um, the visiting team seniors as well. And it, it takes a little bit of time, a um, little bit more effort. Um, but at the same time, I think the, the reward and the return on investment, if you will, uh, is huge because we're all, you know, as schools, we're rivals, but as ADs, we're colleagues, and uh, we want to make sure that we support each other, um, whether it be sportsmanship or things that we may have to address um, with coaches, et cetera. So I think from that standpoint, those are a couple of things that we do uh, at St. Mary's. Yeah, a, a few years ago, uh, while I was still an active AD, um, we did a senior night. We had it all figured out. I think we had like maybe four seniors on our girls basketball team and the moms that were helping me organize it. Uh, they said, well, we need uh, 13 roses or something. And I go 13, we only got four. What are you talking about? And they said, well, you know, the other school has, uh, you know, several seniors and we always, it was my first year at that school. Uh, you know, we always, you know, recognize the other seniors. And initially I thought, geez, why are we doing that? And then, you know, two seconds later, I, I just thought, what a great idea. And uh, it, it was just, it's one of those things, very few other schools in our area of Florida's Panhandle uh, did that. And uh, we got a lot of recognition. And I would always, you know, pass that credit off to, uh, you know, the, the girls basketball program that, that helped start it. And then our other senior teams wanted to start doing it. Uh, so you can imagine with some of the rosters, you know, like football and lacrosse, where we had, you know, maybe 10 or 12 seniors and, you know, the other team might have that many. Uh, you know, but again, it, to your point, it's it's just what high school sports should be about, and uh, the something that we can easily do to help promote that. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. Anything else uh, jump out from that sportsmanship uh, model that you'd like to share quickly? Um, I think you know. I think again, it goes back to the colleagueship of working with other schools, and I think when there is a sportsmanship issue from a visiting school those relationships with your your other athletic directors to know that um you know maybe a parent didn't measure up to what the expectations were at either the host or the visiting school and to have those dialogues because i think that's extremely important because 
as ADs, we can't be everywhere all the time. And so having other eyes and other, you know, other athletic directors at, at, at their home site saying, Hey, this happened, just wanted to make you aware. Uh, we call it, we call it, uh, you know, that, that connection with what is going well and what's not going well. We want both of those. And so I've also had other athletic directors say, man, your, your coach handled that thing with great, uh, you know, great leadership. And, uh, and it was awesome. Or, Hey, this is what happened. And I just want, I know your coach is going to talk to you, but this is what we saw from our perspective. And I think being aware of that is, uh, is really uh, important because when you have those conversations with coaches, they know, okay, it doesn't matter whether you're home or away, sportsmanship is sportsmanship. And, and that, again, that VC square, that consistency. Um, and, you know, I use an old John Wooden quote. Uh, um, in fact, you end up with uh, true characters reveal when no one's looking. And uh, for me, we want, we want people to live their daily lives that way. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't think there's anything better when you get that phone call, and it's another athletic director. Sometimes it's a principal, and it just says, "Hey, I just want to tell you, you know, your your coach did this in a good way, or you know, one of your kids did this uh, during a game." You know, those are the best. Uh, once again, for our listeners, our guest is Rob Wiltz. He's the athletic director at St. Mary's School in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're going to take another quick break, but stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Final Forms for their support of the podcast. Final Forms is the industry leader in forms and registration, but there's so much more than that. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility. They've got reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come when you have an athlete in the house. Final Forms can help your coaches with attendance and communication and even help with their own certification management. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the forms that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps, find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive for their support. We have a sideline interactive indoor scoring table in our gym, and it's fantastic. We use it for home games, of course, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. They are tremendously versatile, and you really need to check them out. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see all of their tables and boards in action. If you email them, you can... Uh, See what their fantastic products can do for you. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, Rob, again, you and I were uh, visiting during the break and uh, started talking about the importance of uh, getting involved. So uh, share with our listeners, uh, again, those thoughts that uh, you know you and I were talking about. Yeah. So Jake, uh, for me, again, I've been, um, you know, I've been in this business a long time, like you, uh, 24 years for me. And uh, I think one of the most rewarding things for me, as I look back on my career, is the relationships and the networks that I, I built throughout my uh, athletic journey. 
And a lot of that is through being a member of, you know, not just being a member, but serving in a role, whether it's president or secretary or vice president within your region or conference, and then even at your state level. Um, and I remember um, it was my first year uh, when I was the interim at, at Holy Innocence and Tommy Marshall said, hey, you know, you really ought to throw your name in the hat to be the executive committee member for your region. And I'm like, Tommy, I have no idea what that even means. Um, and, and I remember um, talking to people in my region and, you know, them encouraging me to do it. So I became the region secretary the first year. Uh, and then the second year with my relationship with Georgia High School Association, really got involved with Ralph Swearingen, who was the executive director, uh, and served on their executive committee meeting um, for nine, you know, the next nine years. And part of that role was attending uh, two to three times a week, you know, two day meetings. And then also we, as executive committee members, we heard appeals for hardship cases throughout our state. So I got to see what other parts of the states were working with. I got to develop those relationships uh, throughout our state. And then also at the National uh, Federation of High Schools at the NIAAA conference, uh, for me, you just learn um, the amount of opportunity you learn by just having conversations or or listening to somebody's story through a presentation and sort of relating to that. And so for me, our jobs are tough as athletic directors. Being in education is uh, obviously um, a very rewarding but challenging um, career that we, we have chosen. Uh, and surrounding yourself with people that um, you can lean on, whether it be at your school, within your conference, within your state, or even people um, you know, nationally, um, like you, Jake, <laughs> those are those are opportunities where uh, I really think if even though it takes a lot of time out of your already busy schedule, I think it makes your time management a lot better because having those relationships, I can quickly pick up the phone and call somebody's cell number and say, hey, here's a situation I'm dealing with or, hey, you know, what are your thoughts on this? And they might be doing the same thing back to me and uh, that may save a lot of time down the road in terms of, you know, did we set the right, you know, policy or did we, you know, did we make the right decision or, um, you know, things like that throughout, you know, throughout your, you know, your area. And so for me, that professional development um, doesn't have to be at a state or national conference. It could be through um, your ability to volunteer and serve. And, you know, we're all in this profession as being servant leaders. And yet I think sometimes we forget that we are in that serving role. And so continuing to do that, I think um, really helps elevate your, not just you as a person, but the people that you influence and are around. Uh, and it also, um, again, it helps with your time management in terms of, you know, really being invested and being passionate about um, of what you do, not just for your school, but for interscholastic athletics across the state and across the country. It's such an important point. Uh, again, I share my own story. I got involved with our state and uh, the NIAAA, you know, late in my career. Uh, I was, you know, uh, 50 years old. I just accepted a position as an AD at another school. And that summer, uh, our state association for schools, not even the AD association, uh, uh, offered uh, the uh, entry LTI course. And I just said, ah, what the heck, I'll take it. 
And I was hooked immediately. Uh, I went back to school. I joined the NIAAA, took the rest of the courses online uh, over a couple of months, uh, flew to Dallas that year for my first uh, NIAAA conference and took the CAA exam. And then that spring went to my first Florida conference. And uh, just you already alluded to it, that the profession of athletic directors, you know, it, it's so giving, it's so welcoming. There's all kinds of sharing and mentoring, um, you know, introduce myself to faculty members. Well, wow, you should be, uh, you should be involved in the organization and just started volunteering. And, uh, um, you know, eventually I, I told the young AD, you know, you just don't all of a sudden get called up by the state association mm -hmm. and they say, Oh, we've been watching you, you know, you should be the president of our association. You know, you know, you need to get involved. You need to volunteer and, and be on committees and all those things that you alluded to. Uh, it, it's just so very important. And, and thank you for sharing that with our listeners. Cause we do get a lot of new ADs and young ADs listening. And I think they need to hear those stories. So thanks for sharing. Rob, this has been really cool uh, spending some time with you and getting to know you, uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox. So uh, we're going to take another quick break and hear from Athletic Surveys, who sponsor this segment. And when we come back, we're going to find out what Rob Welts is going to put into his new athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to thank Athletic Surveys for their support of the Educational AD Podcast and sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. At my schools, we use surveys for just about everything, for teachers, for coaches, for kids, and for parents. And the information that came back on these surveys was almost always over the top positive, and it'll be the same for you. But the surveys also allowed that squeaky wheel parent to vent sometimes. And many times they'd share a small problem that you could address and keep it from turning into a big problem because you didn't know about it because you hadn't done a survey. Go to athleticsurveys.com or email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everyone. We've been visiting today with Rob Welts. He's the athletic director at St. Mary's School in Raleigh, North Carolina very much a seasoned athletic director, but right now I'm going to challenge him to send out a brand new AD, but I'm only going to let him put three things in their toolbox. Rob, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Wow. That's a, that's a great question. And uh, I got to figure out how to narrow that down. Um, I think number one um, for me is to, um, work on professional development. Um, and so as a young season, first or second year, uh, be involved in the opportunities that are out there throughout your state, uh, throughout um, maybe national uh, conferences, uh, you know, in terms of not just conferences, but in terms of professional development with, you know, whether it be through different groups and summer times, there's a lot of things out there where you may be able to, you know, carve out a couple of days here or there to do that without feeling like you're, 
um, going to be behind the eight ball when you get back onto campus. And so that'd be one, one thing that I think is really important. Um, the second thing is to lean on other seasoned uh, people throughout your own school, but also uh, in your area. Um, we've all, um, we've all, as, as Jake and I have talked about in this, in this program, we've all leaned on others uh, uh, that had more experience than us and wanted to get that wisdom or get that guidance or get that, um, you know, feedback of things you're going to do. And so have a, a person or two where you can lean on to ask questions uh, from someone that's going to be real and authentic, not just agree with what you're saying, but really going to challenge you to grow as a, as a leader. And then the, the third thing is don't lose focus about why you got into this profession to begin with. Uh, and that is to serve uh, students. In today's day and age, students have a lot more on their plate, whether it be academics or social, emotional, or mental or physical um, skills that they're working with and having to navigate. Uh, social media is a perfect example of that. And so um, remember, you know, remember why you're in this profession. And uh, even though you might be as an administrator, always have that servant heart and that servant uh, role model for your coaches, your student athletes, and the other people in your community. And um, I think the fourth one I will put in is Parents can be great advocates of your athletic program. Um, it's important to keep them, you know, have guardrails, but at the same time, like I said before, parents can be great stakeholders of a company um, to help promote your athletic program. And so have them involved, but uh, give them opportunities to be involved without being involved in the day-to-day coaching and playing time situation. So those would be the three or four that I would recommend for a, uh, a young athletic administrator moving into this profession. Boy, uh, every single one of them, great ideas and very consistent with uh, the things that you've shared today. Uh, we forgot to do this during the uh, best practices. So uh, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, find out more about how you do things at St. Mary's, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Uh, email would be the best. Uh, it's R-W-E-L-T-Z at S-M-S dot E-D-U. So R-Welts at St. Mary's School, S-M-S dot E-D-U. Rob, thanks so much for sharing today on the podcast and all the best moving forward uh, with your teams and the sports seasons at St. Mary's. Absolutely. appreciate it. And good luck to you all in Florida. Hopefully this storm goes goes by quickly. There you go. Um, for our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of each interview get uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening. Uh, again, we want to uh, give a shout out to our partners, We Coach and the Global Community of Women. Everybody stay safe out there. We'll see you next time on the educational AD podcast.